Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Just go to audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge today. My name is Fred Kep. I'm the host of the Teacher Recharge podcast. And here is a tip for the next time you're bored in a meeting. Look around the room and turn everyone in the room into the person that is infected in one of those scary movies. So like turn them into a zombie in your mind. It is flipping funny. I would highly recommend it. Anyways, let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday to you. It is getting closer and closer to Christmas. You can feel it in the air. The music is the same exact music every single day. But we have a present, an early Christmas present on the show today. Her name is Michelle Ferre. She's a fourth grade math and science teacher in Crofton, Maryland, and she's the creator behind Pocketful of Primary, where she creates digital resources for teachers and shares her life as a teacher through weekly classroom vlogs on YouTube. Now, check this out. She is not only a fourth grade teacher in her fifth year of teaching, but she's an e-coach for her school. She coaches both the Girls on the Run and Hero Boys After School programs, which is like a running program. And she's also earning her master's degree in teaching and learning from Capella University and is expected to graduate in the summer of 2019, a.k.a. she just completely works her butt off and she's one of the most impressive people I've ever met in my entire life. You're going to love this interview. So without further ado, let's get to it. Enjoy the interview with Michelle Ferre. Today on the podcast, we have Michelle Ferre. How are you doing today? I am tired because it's a Monday, but I am doing well. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. So you do a lot of things. And in fact, one of the biggest things that I I saw is you have your own YouTube channel, which has a crazy following (laughs) from what I was seeing. And I watched one of your last video. It was fantastic. Great job. But I guess my biggest question, like right off the bat, I'm, it's not going to be one that I normally start off with, but how, what? There's only 24 hours in a day. How do you do all of this stuff? <laughs> yeah, I get that question a lot. It helps that I have always been the type of person who loves going above and beyond and I feel best when I'm being productive. Like I wish I could be that person to sit on the couch and like binge watch Netflix, but that has never been me. I'm definitely a workaholic. I love working and I love working on things that I'm passionate about. So between teaching, doing my YouTube channel, I'm also getting my master's degree currently, oh and gosh. I coach a couple teams and all that good stuff. But for me, those are all things that I love. Now, I've always been fairly good at scheduling my time, and it helps that I don't have a lot of like friends outside of teaching. <laughs> I know that sounds pathetic, but it's true. So a lot of times, like my nights are dedicated to my life as a teacher. My weekends are dedicated to my YouTube channel and grad school. And then I try to squeeze in, you know, some other things in between, but I definitely am working a lot. But like I said, when I'm passionate about it, it it's fun for me. Right. Wow. Well, first of all, that's unbelievably impressive. And then second of all, I 
kind of just jumped into that. So tell us a little bit about this. You have this YouTube channel. It's called Pocket Full of Primary, yes. And then you're also a fourth grade teacher. So what is your favorite part about that whole experience? My YouTube channel kind of started on accident, like in a way. I mean, I didn't accidentally hit like create a YouTube channel, but <laughs> what it has evolved to be kind of happened on accident. Originally, when I started it, it was truly just a way for me to get out my thoughts because I had started blogging, but quickly realized that that was just not my jam. I am not the type of person to write out my thoughts. I was much better at explaining them through video. And I had actually had a YouTube channel in college and it was like fitness based. So once I had gone down the avenue of blogging when it came to teaching, I was like, okay, this is not for me. I immediately went back to YouTube because that had kind of become my comfort when I was in college and that was something I loved to do. So I decided to make one for teaching and originally, like I said, it was just to get my ideas out. And then I ended up vlogging where I basically record my life as a teacher Monday through Friday and then compile it all into one video. And that happened on accident because that was never my plan. I never thought that I was going to have a life interesting enough to actually vlog about it. <laughs> but I had viewers suggesting like, hey, try vlogging. So I was like, okay, fine. Like I'll, I'll give it a shot for a week and see what I think. And as soon as I did that and was able to watch the footage back and basically relive that week of my life, I fell in love with it because I realized that I was able to reflect on my life as a teacher. I was able to reflect on my lessons. I was able to see what went well, what didn't do well, what I needed to improve on. And then I started to be able to make connections between what I was feeling and why I was feeling it. And as a teacher, obviously it's kind of like a roller coaster. You constantly go back and forth between being up and down, up and down. And I was able to start to see what was causing those feelings. And I felt like that then made me a better teacher. So I would say my favorite part is just being able to reflect. And then I basically have this virtual diary of the past like year and a half of my life in the classroom, which not a lot of teachers have. And so for me, that's something special that I can always look back on. First of all, that's a fantastic answer. Wow. My goodness. Really well spoken. And then my goodness, that's just such a good idea. And then like, they're so professionally done. <laughs> like, do you, do you edit the videos yourself? So I do up until very recently. And that kind of goes back to the whole, how do you do it all? You don't, you can never do mm -hmm. everything. You can do anything, but you can't do everything. So I edited my videos for the first two years and about two months of my channel. And I loved the act of editing. I've always been fairly decent at it. Cause like I said, I had prior experience from when I was in college and I had always just enjoyed cinematography and kind of seeing how other people did their videos and then applying that to mine. And basically at the start of this school year, me starting my master's degree, I quickly realized there was no possible way for me to spend five hours a week editing and then also be spending another like 10 hours a week on grad school and then be working, you know, 40 hours right. a week and then coaching. Like it, it was not mathematically possible. So I actually hired a editor for my channel in August. I want to say it was like the beginning of this school year. I hired him through like a website. We've never met. Uh, we just communicate through like texting, which is kind of weird, but it worked out so well because he had watched some of my videos and he knew me and my style. Oh, wow. So he started editing it. It was like exactly what I was doing, but like elevated a little bit because he does it professionally and best decision I ever made because it has allowed me to focus on other things such as continuing my education that I would not have otherwise been able to do. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. I feel like I could talk to you about this for, for days. But with that said, it is a podcast to help teachers start their week off on the highest note possible. So the next question I want to ask is first, it kind of goes with the, how do you do it all? Do you have any rituals 
to start your week off? So for me, it starts before Monday. It really starts on the weekend because obviously your weekend is your opportunity to recharge. And one thing that I've discovered throughout the beginning of my teaching career is that you have to fill your own cup before you fill someone else's. So if you are constantly pouring from your own cup to give to other people, there's nothing left for yourself. So before you can give to other people, you have to make sure you are taking time for yourself first. And for me, that is my Sundays. I wish I could say it's all of my Sundays, but right now it's just a part of my Sundays and that's okay. I like to feel a combination of being prepared, but then also relaxing because if I'm not prepared, I can't relax. So I kind of have to prepare first and then I'm able to relax. I always start my Sunday by working out. I work out about six days a week. That is a huge stress reliever for me. It's something I'm passionate about. So that is a must. I sleep in, I go work out. I forgot to mention sleeping in. That is a huge uh, thing for me. I do so much throughout the week that on the weekends I just like crash and I definitely uh, sleep in, don't set alarms. I go work out and then I get my planning done. So I will spend a few hours kind of preparing for the week. Sometimes I'm finishing grad school assignments just depending on what I got done on Saturday and kind of how intensive those assignments were. But I get that done earlier in the day so that then I have my night to relax. So I love to light candles. I love to read books. I love to kind of figure out my to-do list for the week because that's something else that takes the stress off of me. If I have it in writing, what I'm going to accomplish every day of the week, I feel that much better and that much more prepared for the week. I always love to pack my lunch on Sunday night so I don't have to do it Monday mornings. I will figure out what I'm wearing so I'm not rushing down to the dryer on Monday mornings trying to figure out what I'm going to wear and what's clean. And then I strategically schedule my off days for the gym. So I mentioned I go to the gym six days a week. So that leaves one day where I don't work out and I strategically plan that for Mondays because Mondays I'm usually pretty tired as I'm feeling mm-hmm. right now. And it just takes off a lot of stress to be able to not have to go to the gym on Mondays. So for me, it really starts on Sundays and then that makes my Monday go that much better. And I'm realizing as I'm saying this, it's not even Monday, it's Tuesday. Yeah, it is. I was going to say that earlier, but I was like, I don't know, maybe she's trying. Just let it go. Yeah, maybe she's trying to make it sound like it's a live show. (laughs) That's how Mondays start the teacher brain and then it only gets worse from Mondays through the the rest of the week. So it's that much more tiring than Monday. That's awesome though. Wow. My goodness. But that, that's so respectable. Something that you said that kind of struck my mind is like, you, you like to take a couple of days just to, to go through it. In, in college, I, I don't necessarily, <laughs> this probably wasn't the best thing for me as a student, but I make good grades, whatever. I would take Friday night off and all of Saturday, no matter what. Like even if I had a 15 page paper deal. <laughs> So I would have, there was so many Sundays when I was like cramming work in, but it was just one of those things where like, if if I commit to that and just work on getting everything done in other times during the week, then I'm committing to myself. And that's extremely important, especially with like you or, or I feel like we're people that we're go, 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 go. We really want to help people. We really want to be charged up and help people be charged up. And you can't really do that if you don't take some time for yourself every once in a while. So that's really cool. Yeah. And I feel like you mentioned, you know, you have to figure out what works for you because I know some people who love to like stay after school on a Friday, get it all done and not touch it over the weekend. Other people like to be able to do it during the weekend. Personally, I wish I could be that person to plan like a week ahead. That has Well, I'm not going to say never. I was that person for a little bit and then that quickly disappeared. But where I am now teaching fourth grade and being departmentalized and I have two different groups of students. So I have an above level group of students who are gifted and talented and then I have an on level group of students 
I cannot plan an entire week. I have to plan like one or two days at a time because I really have to gauge how my students are performing to be able to figure out where I'm going to go next with them. So I don't plan my whole next week. When I plan on Sunday, it's usually like, okay, Monday and Tuesday, and that's about it. But I've kind of gotten into the habit of Friday nights, I go to the gym after school, I go home, I relax. Saturday is where I grind with grad school and with getting social media posts created, possibly creating products for like TPT. And then Sunday is like, okay, I'm going to plan a little bit and then I'm going to relax and take time for myself. That's, that's super organized, super professional. And it is, it's your own way, which is even better, even better. So that kind of leads into my, my next question that I want to ask you though, really nicely. Uh, what is something that you are doing right now? (laughs) We kind of have already talked about at least one thing, but what is something that you are doing right now that other teachers could possibly learn from? Honestly, I don't think there's any one thing that I specifically do that no one else does. You know, I would love to think that there's something I do that I'm that unique that no one else does it. But realistically, that's probably not the case. I'm sure there are other teachers that do what I'm doing. Obviously, my YouTube channel is a little bit of a differentiator. There aren't a lot of teachers that have them, but probably more than you even think. There are a fair amount of teachers on not only social media, like Instagram is covered with teachers like teacher Instagram community is huge, which is fantastic. YouTube is a much smaller group, but there's still a fair amount of teachers. I would say the things that kind of define me as a teacher, it's it's not YouTube because anyone can pick up a, ch- a camera and film YouTube videos about teaching. I mean, that doesn't differentiate me. It's more so like who I am as a teacher. So a couple of things that kind of come to mind that personally I feel like just define me I greet my students at the door every single morning when they come in my classroom. And I think that's something that a lot of teachers may not consider because then if I'm standing at my doorway, my students are all in the classroom and like, yeah, I kind of have an eye on them, but I'm not like present in the classroom. And I think that scares a lot of teachers. But when I made the transition from being in my classroom, kind of piddling around, doing little tasks, maybe writing my objectives on the board, when I transitioned from that to being in my doorway to greet my students as soon as they come in the doorway or even before they come in the doorway as they're going to their lockers, oh my goodness. I mean, in terms of my relationships with my students, it was revolutionary. And now that is my favorite part of the day. I'm not worrying about the lesson plan I have to get done. I'm not worrying about the papers that I have to grade. I am worrying about my students. I'm worrying about giving them a hug, giving them a high five, letting them know that I'm happy they are in my classroom. I'm happy they came to school today. I'm happy to see them. And that truly gives me so much energy to take me through the day. (laughs) And that's something that I just, I personally think more teachers should do. I think a lot of teachers do it, but I think there's a lot that still kind of have to jump on that bandwagon. And I just say, try it. And I promise you will fall in love with it. Another thing for me is focusing on the positives. Believe it or not, because I seem like a really positive person now. I was not always a positive person. Mm -hmm. When I was back in high school, I was actually a huge negative Nancy. Like I was just constantly negative and I quickly realized like no one wants to be around that. Like it's just not fun. And yeah, there was the whole like teenage angst in high school and that was one thing, but I just realized that that was not the person I wanted to be in my life. So I personally made a choice and I do believe that positivity is a choice that you have to make and you have to continue to make every single day. I made that choice to be positive for me because it's something that makes me feel happier and I know it makes the people around me feel happier and it makes my students feel happier. And as a teacher, sometimes that can be really difficult if we're being honest, because as much as we would love for teaching to be rainbows and unicorns, that's not the reality of it. There's a lot of tough stuff that comes with teaching. My first year of teaching was 
really hard and I was like crying every night. I mean, I was miserable. So I quickly realized that I was not going to be able to keep going on like that the rest of my teaching career because I was going to end up quitting because I was so unhappy. Right. So I made the choice to really focus on those positives. And if you look for them, you can find them every single day in your classroom. And for me, I would say 99% of the time, those positives come from my students. The little things that they do, the way that they react towards me, the way that they laugh at me or roll their eyes because they think I'm not funny. It just, I love those moments. And so every single day, I love to find something positive that made me smile, that brought a smile to my face, that gave me energy. And if there's something physical, like if it was a note or a picture or whatever, I actually have a box that I keep in my classroom. I put all that stuff in there and I have that going back to my first year of teaching. And then if I'm having a bad day, I go in there, I pull out you know, a note from a kid that I taught four years ago and I feel instantly better. And it reminds me of my why, why I do what I do. And ultimately it comes down to my students who I love. One other thing that I do that I don't think a lot of teachers do is I stand on tables and chairs when I'm teaching. <laughs> I love because, it. <laughs> partially because I'm short and like, honestly, that's how I started. <laughs> like I'm five foot three. I'm not the tallest person in the world. So I started elevating myself on table and chairs because I swear there is no better engagement from students than standing on a table. You instantly have every single eye in that room on you because they're like, what the heck is this crazy lady doing? Right. So that kind of just became my thing. And that's definitely not something that is unique to me. Ron Clark Academy, they stand on tables and desks all the time. And that's definitely where my inspiration came. And once I tried it for myself, I was like, yes, like this is me. This is <laughs> what I want to be as a teacher because it engages my students. They think I'm crazy, which I'm totally fine with. And it just, it gives me energy. And then in return, I'm able to give that to my students. That is flipping awesome. Oh my gosh. I want to touch on just something that you said about if you're looking for the positives, they're actually there. This is something I talk about with my with my soccer boys too. And in sports psychology, it's really big. But as a coach, what do you coach, by the way? So I'm a coach for our school's Girls on the Run team. So it's a group of third to fifth grade girls, and they train for a 5K over the course of eight weeks. I also coach Hero Boys, which is almost like the boys version. So Hero stands for Honor endure, respect, and overcome. So they also train for a 5k and we kind of talk about those values and what it means in your life. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. Well, so, I mean, especially with running, like it's a big thing. So in sports psychology, we talk about how it's so easy if, because I'm a soccer coach, if you go down a goal or you go down two goals or something, everybody on the team, their head starts. Like if you watch it, normal teams, their heads will go down just boom. But a championship team is going to look at that situation and react properly and say, look, the end of the game hasn't happened yet. Like it's not over yet. And it's interesting because you can train your mind to see those positives. So like you said, you went in and you weren't always like that. You weren't always like that, but you keep going, you keep going. And now, honestly, one of the most energetic people I've ever had on the podcast. I mean, this is fantastic. And there is something to be said just for, for training your mind and, and your brain just to see those positives. And it just makes you a lot happier. You know, just when you look at things from a positive perspective, you just feel good about life. You know, it could be the worst day ever, but if you find the two good things that happen, the one good thing that happened, it just makes it a little better, which is amazing. Uh, we are going to take a real quick break. Thank a sponsor, we'll be right back.
For you, the listeners of the Teacher Recharge podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Whenever I have a guest on the show, I have them recommend a book that is on Audible right now. So, Michelle, what is your recommendation? I highly recommend the book, The Essential 55 by Ron Clark. He is one of the founders of the Ron Clark Academy in Georgia. And the book essentially goes through 55 things that he kind of instills in his students. And it's little things like making eye contact with each other. And once I read that book and started implementing those things in my classroom, absolutely fell in love with it. Noticed a huge difference with my students. So if you have not read that, I highly recommend it. Awesome. Well, if you would like your free audiobook copy of The Essential 55 or any of the other 180,000 titles that they have to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, you can just go to audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge. Once again, that is audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge. We are back with Michelle Ferre, and it is time for my favorite part of the entire podcast and quite possibly my favorite time of the week. It is story time. So this is the part of the podcast, if this is the first time you've ever listened to us, this is the part of the podcast where I just let the guests give me their best story. So Michelle... What's your best story? I'm going to give you my funniest story or the funniest thing I think that's happened to me in my career. One of those things that college does not prepare you for. Let's see. Go back to my third year of teaching. I was actually teaching second grade at the time. That's where Pocketful of Primary came from. I used to teach primary. So I was having some issues with my students calling out. So when I would bring them to the carpet to do a whole group lesson, they were just blurting all over the place and it was driving me bonkers. So I implemented a classroom management strategy that I called blurt beans. I would give my students a bean and yes, it was a real bean. And in hindsight, they were small beans and I probably should have gotten larger ones. You can probably already see where this is going to go, but I would hand them a bean. It was their responsibility to hold onto it while we were on the carpet. If by the end of that mini lesson, they still had their bean, they got to add it to a jar. And once they got to a certain spot in the jar, they would get a reward like extra recess. And if they blurted or called out at any point on the carpet, they had to give me their bean. So it was working pretty well, but at the same time, the beans were tiny and I probably should have seen possible things that could transpire with second graders. So one day I'm sitting there and kids are all up on the carpet. I'm reading a book to them and all of a sudden I hear it's stuck. It's stuck. And I don't even have to ask. Like, I know what's stuck. I know the bean is stuck. It's a matter of now, where is it stuck? So... (laughs) I turned to the student and he actually was sitting on a chair, like right next to me. And I'm like, the bean? He's like, yep. I'm like, okay, where is the bean stuck? And he says, cause I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, there's a couple different places I could see this getting stuck. He said it was stuck in his ear. Now my next question is why was the bean in your ear? And he says, well, I was doing a magic trick. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> obviously your magic trick was not very successful, but second of all, totally a reasonable thing that a second grader would do when they're given a bean to hold on to for an extended period of time. Okay. Got it. Being a second ear. So then I'm thinking, okay, he says it's stuck, but like, I'm going to be able to pop this thing out of his ear in like two seconds flat. I'm like, okay, come here. Because at this point as a teacher, gross things are no longer gross. Like I've dealt with much worse, you know? So I'm like, okay, I'll dig in this kid's ear. No big deal. Comes over. I start trying to get the bean out of his ear. 
And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, this kid's going to go home with his bean still in his ear. Cause I could not get it out. And I was surprised cause like I had fairly decent small fingers and like I have nails and I was trying to use that. This bean was not budging. So I'm like, oh my gosh, how, how am I going to explain this to his parent? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to send him to the nurse. Like let, let's see if she's got any tricks up her sleeve and she can get this bean out. So then I start thinking, how do I even word this on the nurse slip? Like being stuck in ear, don't ask. So I write it on there, <laughs> briefly try to explain. And I was just like, call me if you have any questions. Sent him down to the nurse. Probably about 15 minutes went by. He comes back holding a plastic baggie with his bean in it. She was able to get it out. Hallelujah. And I was just like, okay, like dodge that bullet. But then I'm like, I'm going to have to write an email to this kid's parent because there's no way, like I'm having him go home and try to tell the story. Like I need to set the facts straight. So I emailed her. Thankfully I had a really good relationship with his mom. Like she would come in my room and volunteer and like, I loved her. So I'm like, look, please don't think any less of me as your kid's teacher, but here's what happened today. I explained it to her. I just remember her responding. She was like, yep, that's my kid. Like totally understand. But she ended up finding this song on YouTube and it's called beans in my ears or something like that. And I just remember her sending me that link at like 10 o'clock at night and I was cracking up. And the rest of the year, whenever I would see that kid, I would sing that song to him. Oh my gosh. That is awesome. Also, if you don't think I'm going to put a link to that song in the description, yeah. <laughs> you have another thing coming. It is going to be there. Oh my gosh. I love it. And that, it's a great idea. I will say the bean idea is a great idea. And the then execution that, needed work. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought though? That's crazy. I, yeah. that's honestly, I'm just going to be honest. That's how, that sounds exactly like something I would do trying to impress someone, you know, Oh, look, yeah. I, can, I can make it disappear. Right. I think that's what he was going for. And it's one of those things, like I said, college in no way could ever prepare you for that. But at the same time, totally should have seen that coming. Like I should have known that being was going to end up in someone's body part and it was going to end up stuck. Like <laughs> at least hey, when he said, when he said, Hey, it's stuck, it's stuck. At least he was saying it wasn't choking on it. You know, it could have yeah, been, exactly. it could have been a lot worse. Yes, Instead, you got a great story out of it. That's what's up. Awesome. Well, we are about out of time here. So if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to see some of your work, where can they find you at? So in terms of me being most present, I post on Instagram basically every day. So my Instagram is pocketful of primary. It's all one word, but pocketful only has one L. So P-O-C-K-E-T-F-U-L-O-F. P-R-I-M-A-R-Y. This is why I teach math and not reading. <laughs> um, but on Instagram, it's Pocket Bowl Primary. I post on there most frequently and I post stories and all that good stuff. YouTube is also Pocket Full of Primary, but it has spaces. So Pocket Full Space of Space Primary. I post weekly blogs. They go up every Sunday and it just kind of documents my life as a teacher. And I do have a Facebook as well. It's also under Pocket Full of Primary, but I basically just post on there as like, hey, I have a new video. So best place to find me would either be Instagram or YouTube. And then you can always reach out to me through email at pocketfullofprimary at gmail.com. Sweet. Well, we will put links to all of those on the description. It has been a wonderful interview. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and so do the listeners. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. This was fun. If you or someone you know would be great for this podcast, we'd love to hear about it. So email us at teacherrechargepodcast at gmail.com. We'd also like to hear your tips, your 
questions, your comments, anything you'd like to see discussed on the show, we would love to hear from you. I mean, heck, even if you just want to say hi, that would be fantastic. Teacher Recharge Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find out more about what I speak about, the love and success approach to leadership, by visiting my website at fredmotivates.com. Once again, that is fredmotivates.com. I would love to serve you and your school. Well, hey, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Monday. Go out and be bold.